evening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Coast Kings, Kings Radio. Radio. And today's episode is all about 2024 and all of our new attractions. Given there's like a bunch of new attractions all over the world, we decided to separate it by continents or like location in the world rather than doing the whole world all at once because there's just too much going on. And so uh, our first episode is North America. We want to do all of the Americas, but it turns out Latin America doesn't have a whole lot going on right now. So we're just going to... Yeah, according to Rollercoaster Day, there's listen. not a single roller coaster happening in yeah. South America. I know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, I guess that makes sense. I don't really think of South or America a like, I don't think coasters. even Mexico. I don't even know if, I don't think Canada is even getting a new coaster. Well, I guess they are. They're getting that... Um, Vancouver's getting that Zamperla Intamin composite thing, but that's not... That doesn't have a finishing date on it yet. I don't know if they even know if that's going to open in 2024. I don't even know that much about it. Anyway, so uh, turns out most of our list is actually just going to be North America, uh, mostly yeah, America. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start with the All-American Triple Loop. I hate that name. Which, yeah, the name is, is wild because, well, it's not an American... American Dryer Looping was such a cute name. But even then, I feel like the all-American part makes some sense. I was yeah. never a previous look at America. It's it was just a typical American dick suck behavior. Saying all by all American and slapping it on something is just... I like know. the colors. And it's already... The trains are already on the track, which is also kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice addition to Indiana Beach. Uh, previously operated as Chimera in... What's the park called well, again? Well, now it's... Um, it's La yeah, La Feria Chapultepec. Now it's been renamed. I didn't even recognize it on Royal Coaster Database at first, because I'm like, what is this? It's the urban urban park. I guess they've got a suspended family coaster that's going to open supposedly this year, which is why it didn't come up in our search query for Royal Coaster Database for 2024 coasters. Where? The, the family and... Uh, at what was once, yes, yeah, so a Bacoma suspended family coaster for the park in Mexico City, formerly known as La Feria. Oh. But Royal Coaster Database says it's opening in 2023, which I don't know if I believe that. Anyway. Anyway. All right, let's go back to the extra coaster we're talking about, which is the All American Triple Loop. This is really fun. Triple Loop. It was terrifying. This is fourth location. Apparently super intense. I don't know what they were planning on doing before Galaxyland in Edmonton decided to scrap Mindbender because this ride collected the trains from Mindbender very quickly. It was like, that that transaction seemed to happen, like, boom. Like, okay. It happened. And I'm thinking to myself, what were they planning on doing before? Was that related to why it's been delayed? So I actually didn't know this was the first ever roller coaster that have three vertical loops. Yes. Because these, you know, arrow loopers did that for a while in the late 80s and 90s. This thing is from 1984. And it's in its fourth home. So I'm a little surprised that it's actually going to open. But it looks like it's pretty much ready to go. Everything is in, in place. The station's built. It looks really nice, the repaint of it. it. Like, it looks good. I'm excited for them. I'm excited to ride it, honestly. Twitch wasn't out of the way to get there. I'm looking forward to this for this park. Because we went there during 2020. And I had an enjoyable experience. And things seemed to be in good shape especially considering things had not had a reputation for being in good shape at that park uh, prior to that point. So 
I hope it works. I hope it opens and runs. It, the, my my only concern for the project is that it's loud. The ride's really loud, and I hope it's like in a neighborhood. Too. Yeah, and it's surrounded by uh, vacation homes, like vacation cabins and stuff. So I hope it doesn't turn into an area of contention with the rental property owners and the noise pollution. But um, I, guess, I mean, we'll cross. God, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, I guess, you know, it, worse things could happen than if it has to make, be closed during nighttime hours or something, but hopefully it's not an issue, like, with the city and, and things, but... I guess yeah, I mean, if they were allowed to build it, I'm sure they had to do some sort of noise report I mean, on, on that ride. You would think, but this right. is Monticello, Indiana, where I could see it not being a problem until it's already a problem. Next up on our list <laughs> is Bobcat, which is a new coaster for, for Siktai's Great Escape. When's the last time they got a new coaster? Um, it's been a minute, right? The last time they got a new coaster like was when they up. got the Boomerang. That's a while ago. The Boomerang is like their only roller coaster that was like constructed from the ground up. Oh, and the Kitty Coaster. The Frankie's Mind Train. Every other coaster that has ever been at that park is relocated. So um, Bobcat is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a copy of Timber. No, it's not. It's not? It's similar. Uh, but they use all this Timber... Footage, so the B-roll, the B-roll yeah. footage for it. Oh, yeah, they just use, it's a, it's like, if, if, you could say that it's from the same product line, because it's definitely the same kind of coaster. Yeah, it's a graffiti, the, the, the group the layout's again. quite different. Um, looks good, it's cute, the, uh, it's not super tall or, or big, what it means, it's only 430 feet, uh, sorry, 430 meters long. Yeah. About 17 meters tall, and the top speed is about 64 Kilometers an hour. So, um, all in all, I think a great family coaster. It's a really wonderful replacement for the bobsled, which will be sorely missed, but was definitely, I think, at the end of its operational life after being constructed four separate times and then operating, or I guess uh, arguably operating, <laughs> occasionally operating at the Great Escape over the course of 25 years. I was really lucky to have ridden it. I know people who have tried to go to Great Escape and ride this bobsled coaster many, many times and were unsuccessful. And on my one visit to Great Escape in 2013, I was successful in riding it. But it was a huge ride with terrible capacity, and it was extremely finicky and a maintenance nightmare. And so replacing this with what will be a relatively uh, reliable, high-capacity, and low-maintenance family wooden coaster is, like, best-case scenario for them, I think. I think so too. Uh, next up on our list, we have Daddy Big's roller coaster, which is. Wait, we're we going to talk about catapult. We are after Daddy Pig. Okay, Pig. <laughs> you want to talk about Daddy Pig first? Yeah, Daddy Pig's roller coaster yeah. is pretty much a clone of the currently existing Daddy Pig's roller coaster so, in Florida. During our research, I found out there's actually two Daddy Pig coasters opening because there's two Peppa Pig World clones. The other one is in Germany, so we'll be talking about that um, in the Europe 2024 coasters and new yeah, This rides. one's going to North so Richland This Hills, one is going to um, Texas. a suburb of Dallas. It's it's pretty close to like Grand Prairie, uh, which means that it's close to Six Flags Over Texas, so it is like the Dallas area project. I'm not exactly sure where it is in relationship to Frisco, which is where the Universal project is. I'm actually going to look that up. Really it's so funny how Texas curious. is seeing a new theme park renaissance. Frisco you know, is having like a little good. park renaissance. It's cute nonetheless. Uh, if anyone that doesn't really know Daddy Pig's roller coaster, it is his umbrella family coaster. It features both a lift and a launch. Um, the lift is booster wheel, and then the launch is a tire propelled boost. So 
using wheels all around. Yeah. It's a cute little ride. Um, yeah, we still don't have it. We haven't, we don't have the credit over there. We no. haven't, we haven't succumbed to the temptation of a new credit yet. Cause it's like expensive. And honestly, Peppa Pig world looks very mid. It looks like a lot of concrete. And it also is just very much, we're very much not the target audience yeah. for this project. So like, I haven't felt comfortable I'm like far going. Yeah. Okay. So Frisco is also part of Dallas. So the Dallas area is getting this Peppa Pig world. Um, they just got the Grand Prairie theme park. Yeah. They have Circus Over Texas. Yes. They have that big indoor water park resort. They have a new yeah, is it, they have a Tom Fooleries or something there. Right? No, oh, what's Kalahari. that one called again? The Epic Water Park, whatever? That they opened oh, a couple I thought that was in ago? Houston. Huh? Is that not in Houston? Oh, no, I'm thinking of a different one. You're right. Texas is opening a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Texas is always, you know, there's... I mean, speaking of Texas, Catapult <laughs> Falls And then next we have Catapult Falls. SeaWorld San Antonio's Launch Lux Loom, which they now call it Launch yeah, Lux Loom it's, Coaster. It's sort of like a cross. It's some sort of, not only is it a hybrid attraction, but it's like kind of a roller coaster. It's kind of a water coaster, but they also call it a launched log flume. But I think a launched water coaster is probably a more accurate statement. Really? I think it's more like a log flume. Well, I think it's going to resemble more like Intamin's water coasters. Because I think it's more like the Chepa system. But they have a crazy vertical lift. Is it? I think so. Because I was picturing something like divertical, but with like a launch. Maybe like on a No, because you used to use conveyor belts to launch it. Oh, that's true. So the vehicles are definitely much lighter than that. That's so weird. It's definitely like a log flume. I think they just added the name log flume coaster this year because they needed to make it more marketable for it being delayed a whole year. <laughs> no, literally. Because it's like, oh, right, you know, we have like, a prototype. It so takes, now it's a roller coaster. <laughs> sometimes it takes forever to open a prototype. And I think that's the whole reason behind them kind of changing up what the ride is categorized as. But I'm excited for it because Catapult Falls will not only be nice aesthetic. It kind of has that Infinity Falls aesthetic like SeaWorld Orlando. Yes. And also it's just like a cool thing, like a launch log flume. We love a good log flume. That corner of the park can definitely use it. I think I it'll line up in general. They lost strong. their arrow log flume years and years ago, and I could have ridden it, and I didn't, and I regret that. Um, but at least now it's being replaced by another log flume, and it even follows the same layout as the original log flume, um, which is, I think, a nice homage to the Texas splashdown. Right. Um, and there's probably some like some of the water basins and stuff probably didn't need to be completely rebuilt. Like it was to my in my mind it seemed like a really logical <coughs> excuse me. Logical and cost efficient addition because of the infrastructure that they're probably able to repurpose for the new attraction. Yeah. I think that was one of the projects I'm most excited for next yeah. year. I was if kinda it looking was already, forward to it. If it opened year. on time, we would have gone and ridden it right exactly. away. Uh, next up on the list, we got Fire in a Hole at Silver Dollar City. Oh, yes. Which is kind of like a complete teardown and rebuild yeah. sort of situation. So they're tearing down the old Fire in the Hole and rebuilding it in a new location next to the Fireman's Landing flat ride area. And RMC is completely building the ride. I'm guessing that they're probably going to salvage some of the scenes and audio animatronics and stuff. Though they're all kind of need some... Like I'm, so I'm ex- I would think that there's some stuff that can be salvaged. It's funny because the ride is almost, I mean, it's well constructed already. Yeah. They're so far along already with the construction of this new ride. I think it's going to be really cool. And I also have high hopes for, this This to me seems like a two-part project where the first part is demolishing the old fire in the hole and building the new one. And the second part will be replacing the old fire in the hole with, with a like new ride. a new ride. Especially because it kind of has access to the... Slash 
to the mountain hillside over there where they like, can add a big right. I suspect they're going to blow that midway all the way up to um, Outlaw Run and make Outlaw Finally Run make like the loop. end of the midway That'd be nice. and connect it back around to the um, Owens Farm or whatever the farm-themed area is. It would actually be pretty easy because another thing that's elite in the way is the current ride building. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I don't think that building is... That building's probably not up to code. <laughs> so, it's just as well. Fire Holes creeps me out. Hopefully, the new one is a little nicer. I that think it's still, still the gonna, original kind of... Kind the of bald knobbers are still probably going to be a hallmark of that experience. It will still be nightmare fuel. Interesting, because the, um, the concept art doesn't show any of them. And I bet, because it's RMC, they're going to have operational issues. They're going to have issues with getting it to run multiple vehicles at once. It's going to spend half of the first year down. You think so? Yeah. I mean, this seems like an easy project. But RMC takes easy projects and turns them into maintenance nightmares. <laughs> so, I'm just, just saying. Like, this is still kind of different for them, because they're going to be running lots of individual trains on this ride. That seems to be the number one thing that, like, is straightforward that RMC makes difficult, is running multiple trains on their ride. And I think, I don't know, I, I think, I mean, even, like, Wildcat Revenge had issues this year, like, operating consistently. Like, it never fails. Any new ride that RMC builds is going to be problematic, even if it is, like, the most straightforward and simple thing conceptually. So I'm sure Fire in the Hole will be no different. So when it opens, we may wait for 2025. Next up on our list is Flash Vertical Velocity. Oh, my God. Okay. This is the which, one. This is probably, like, the ride. This is the ride. Of North America, in my opinion. Yeah, of all the rides being built in North America in 2024. This is probably this the, is one. the one that I'm the most excited about. So, um, for those that don't know what it is, it's a Vacoma Super Boomerang, which means that we're finally getting a new generation Vacoma in this country, which is already really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we're also looking at having a massive ride that is... Is it technically a hyper? No, it's... It's like, short, just short of a hyper? It's, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's like 160, 170 feet tall, the spike. Um, it's 436 meters long, 95 kilometers per hour. The stats aren't really like the most exciting thing about this ride. It's I really think the elements about are. The elements and the pacing and getting to do all of it backwards. Because it's going to be like launched. It has several launches. It doesn't actually have any sort of propulsion except for LAMs, which is nice. So does it, it has like a backwards launch first, right? Yeah, it has a backwards launch up to Spike. And then it, so it says a swing launch first. And then you launch up to Giant Stall, which is like a half-loop stall that just mm-hmm. stalls forever. It's like a Top Gun stall, but a half-loop. And then you do a little twist out of it, and then you have a double-up, which turns into a dive-loop-ish, kind of like Chandel dive. Yes. Into this upward barrel roll. And there's a launch. Which the upward barrel... Yeah, there's another launch there. There's the upward barrel roll looks very much like the upward barrel rolls that we've seen on Batman and Robin and Chiller, and it's right in front of Batman and Robin. Yes. Old plots, I think that's really cool. Uh, my headcanon is that that was deliberate. I know that... They swooped at the right I know that Flash it. was already being built before Great Adventure got their hands on it, but I will not be convinced that there wasn't some sort of, like, light bulb moment when they saw the, the chance... To put this ride in Great Adventure, especially since it's going pretty much right where Chiller was, they're going to be like, people are going to, if you know, you know. Like, people are going to see this and be like, oh, this is related. It's not going to go as fast. I mean, the barrel roll thing on the Chiller was outrageous. It, like, no pun intended, it really barreled through (laughs) that roll. Um, This is not going to go through it. It's not going to navigate it as 
as rapidly, but it still looks really similar. And it, there's not, there, I don't think there's any other ride in the world that does this maneuver that like so closely resembles this very particular Batman and Robin and the Chiller maneuver. Is it a coincidence? Probably. Might it not be a coincidence? That's my theory. It's totally a coincidence because it's at the last minute. But it's a like, model. but it could have been anything. They could have sent this to any park and Great Adventure could have gotten anything. But Great Adventure got this coaster, this particular weird thing. They could have, I mean, there's like five other Six Flags parks that probably could have accepted this roller coaster and arguably needed it more. But they gave it to Great Adventure because of Chiller, I've decided. All right. <laughs> well, the best thing about the ride, obviously, is going to be the whole backwards part of it. First of all, we love a good vertical spike it's backwards. It's like LSM's at the bottom of every valley, doesn't it? Um, just... Just the dive just drop? after the dive drop and in the station, I think. Um, I don't know why we're asking questions that we could easily answer by looking at Cloud Shuttle, which is the name of the existing super the super boomerang that already exists and even has like a similar paint job to what we can expect from the Flash. It's kind of funny, yeah. Yeah, uh, but doing that whole layout backwards, I think, is going to be the highlight. I think this is one of the better, if not the best, announcements so for the U.S. because the new Ace Vacomas are just amazing, and having this product line or having this model here in the United States is going to be good. I think it's going to be a good fit for the park, too, given that the park doesn't really have a shuttle coaster. No, they don't. And they have had shuttle coasters for yeah, most of loops. their history. And then they had... It's funny, because it's always been dueling, too. Yeah. They had Lightning Loops, and they had Batman <laughs> and Robin. Yeah. And this now is their here. first non-dual track shuttle coaster. I guess, and, I mean, they also had Ultra Twister, which is sort of a shuttle coaster in its own way. Um, but I digress. I think this is going to be great. I think it's amazing that there's a park building one of these that isn't somewhere in China or Poland. So I'm just really happy that something from the modern Vacoma Looper echelon is going to be, like, super accessible. Because right now, for the next-gen Vacoma Loopers, you either have to go to China, Poland, or... Northern Denmark to red one. And pretty soon, now you will be able to go to New Jersey. Not Northern Denmark. Yeah. All right, staying with the Facoma game, and we are moving on Another to... Another Facoma shuttle. We're moving on to Good Gravy. Good Gravy! Which is coming to Holiday World in Indiana, which is going to be a junior Facoma family boomerang. Unique layout, which is cool. I'm really t- tickled and by it's the campiness to of this all. Thanksgiving. It's themed to a gravy boat. And you go through a giant can of gravy. For those listening that don't know what a gravy boat is, it's kind of like a gravy, like, Ask like your a serving dish. if you don't know what a gravy boat is. Yeah, but the Europeans are going to have no clue. They don't have gravy boats in Europe. I don't know how to call it that, a gravy boat. It's literally just a ceramic Yeah, it's like a serving dish. Specifically for gravy. It kind of looks like an oil lamp, like an Aladdin. Gravy, sauce, anything, yeah. If you, if you had an Aladdin-style-looking-ass oil lamp that was made out of white ceramic unpainted, except with, like, little flower embellishments, then you've got a gravy boat. I think a nice thing is it's actually a really sprawling layout. Uh, it takes a lot of space, and it kind of goes about this whole theme. <laughs> it has a tagline, America's Graviest Coaster. That's funny. I can't handle this. I I mean, as much as I want to roll my eyes, like, I can't help but smile. It's going to be a big major ride for them. They also, have a giant station and queue rolling for it. It seems like a house. The vacancy left by Pilgrim's Plunge has been so annoying this entire time. Um, so it's nice. As much as I wanted a Mac water coaster in here, I'm just glad that they're putting something in. 
what used to be, so it doesn't feel like this ugly, cavernous maw vacancy left by their old water ride that you have to navigate around to get to Thunderbird. And that big spike at the end of the ride is vertical. Almost vertical. It's it's steep. It's pretty steep. It's steep. I'm into it. I think there's going to be some nice forces, I think, when you come off the ride and you hit that first right turn. Because this ride needs a lot of momentum to go all the way to the end of its track and all the way back, which means that it's going to hit that first turn, I think, at a decent speed. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think a landscaping and theming around it is really nice. It's just, it's just different. They've got that playground... They've got the little seating areas, the some little vending spots. The queue is going to be themed to literal house you go into. You get to go underneath the can of gravy. Like, that's the marquee for the entrance of the queue, is the can of gravy tunnel that you pass through at the beginning. Um, so, I yeah, I support. I support campiness and kitschiness in theme parks and things that will just kind of make you chuckle or smile, and this is definitely one of those things. So, good on them. Next up, we have... Hot Wheels Bone Shaker. Okay, so we have, okay, so this is we have two. The ultimate thrill ride. Double project. And they're both called Hot Wheels. Yeah, so <laughs> there's this new Mattel Adventure Park coming to Glendale, Arizona, which is really close to Phoenix. And yes. it's kind of surprising to me that they're building a brand new theme park. But that market is really missing a big theme park. Even yeah. though it's got some smaller parks. Castles and Coasters be has been operating unopposed big. for quite some time. And it's always been like, I mean, Castles and Coasters is tiny. It's like Probably not even five acres, but they've got their two roller coasters. And because it's all attached to the big arcade room, like you can always duck into the arcade for wherever you are to like get some AC. Um, indoor music parks, like Phoenix was made for indoor music parks. So, it's so having hot out there. a proper indoor theme park is like great. It's right. great for them. It's going to be a perfect fit. Because I think Phoenix, even though this project will be enough to attract people from all over the western side of the U.S. and will easily attract coaster enthusiasts from all over the world, um, Phoenix, the Phoenix area and, like, Tucson alone can probably support this project. And it's a big roller coaster. So it's a chance rides. The first one is Hot Wheels Bone Shaker, the ultimate thrill ride, which is a non-looping, a fairly large non-looping coaster that it's about the same scale and scope as the Nickelodeon Slime Streak at Nick Universe in um, New Jersey. Because it goes all the way around the building, and then it has that really big element that goes all the way off the side of the building. Yeah. It looks like it's, like, the scope of it's just much larger. Yeah, so it's even bigger. Like, it's it's the Slime Streak, I think, on steroids. Um, And it's going to be a great hood ornament for this part because of the way that a lot of it it like pops right out through the roof like desperado style um and then most of the ride takes place on the roof the helix is i think behind the primary building for the park um this is a really fun it's fun because the name for the ride which is the old throw ride sounds a lot more intense than the name the of the other coaster, racer which is Mill racer which but is, racer is going to be like a little hyper coaster yeah that's the Hyper GTX coaster that will have a launch and, and two, four inversions. Two vertical loops and two corkscrews. It's going to have four inversions. That's crazy. And it has the signature Hot Wheels orange track. Too. Yeah, and it has... Um, it used, it's going to be entirely outside except for the station of Brakeland, which are inside. Yeah. Um, it's a big ride. That they're what they're get. doing here is really similar to what the parks on like the Persian Gulf, the successful ones, are doing. 
which is like building indoor parks that have roller coasters that go outside. outside and then back in. There's only three attractions at this park that will go outside, the two coasters and the Thomas the Tank Engine train ride that will circle around at ground level. Does Thomas um, the Tank Engine also Mattel? Yes. Okay, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, Mattel owns the toy rights for Thomas. Thomas is like a kind of complicated intellectual property, but as far as the toy making, I think Mattel owns that outright. So the big areas, there's going to be a Hot Wheels area that will have the two Hot Wheels coasters. There's going to be a Barbie area, obviously, um, and a Thomas the Tank Engine area with lots of kitty rides, and then some other areas too. There's going to, I know there's going to be a flying theater there, um, and probably some other flat rides. There's going to be a three-story Barbie dream house with a rooftop bar. And that sounds very promising. I'm very excited. Oh, I'm for this. super excited. I will be there like first thing. I can't wait. Yeah, because, I mean, I wish there was more recent photos that I was able to discover on this park, because some of it's kind of from last year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's looking really cool. And I, and back on Hot Wheels Twin Mill Racer, the Hyper GTX Challenge Coaster, um, I'm really excited. The forum version is big, two loops, I mean, themed to the Hot Wheels, you know, classic orange track. Um, this is sounding... Really, really nice, and I'm really yeah. excited for it. To me, it seems like the kind of coaster that you expect when you think of a roller coaster being themed to Hot Wheels. It's going to be launched, too. Yeah. Here's Okay, so here's a here, there's a concept, a loose concept of it from a Chance Rides booth. I think this is probably from Europe's IAPA. Um, yeah, it was IAPA 2021. But here you can see there's a vertical loop and then an, uh, an overbank. Another vertical loop. Looks like this loop corkscrew, loop corkscrew. I think it's going to be really cool. I think I think that it's going to launch right into the first vertical loop, which is so Hot Wheels. Yeah, for is sure. Is that not like the most Hot Wheels thing ever? Apparently the first our press release on June 19, 2021 depicted it as having a vertical loop, a sidewind, and two corkscrews. Yeah, but then in the booth in 2021, it was a double double corkscrew. Yeah, or um, two one of uh, two of each. So I guess I have to see what the actual final ride will be because at least the concepts are are kind of differing. I'm excited for them that the concepts are changing to be more exciting. Oh, and this is okay. So there's the train. You know, we were asking about like if the train for the fa- uh, the ultimate thrill ride is going to be like more comfortable than your standard uh, chance rides. Little Dipper ride train, and I th- it looks like it's going to be more comfortable. Uh, I hope so. Maybe not like the most comfortable, but certainly better than Slime Streak, which is terrible for legroom. And then next up on our list, we are going back to the Northeast, which is a good year for coasters, by the way. Uh, Dorney oh, yeah. Park and Wild Water Kingdom are opening a B and M dive coaster, which is completely custom. Designed for the park has the seven across seats, much like Dr. Diabolical at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. Um, coaster's theme is nice. Definitely, I think, for the region. Iron Menace kind of theme to, what is it, like like a steel plant? Steel mill. Steel it's mill. Getting, the, 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 the animation for the launch cracked me up because it definitely seemed like it was a ride that was themed to pollution. Right. Um, like, pretty unironically, like, this ride is themed to pollution. But it's really themed to, like, big steel, <laughs> I think. And it's going to be a nice addition because for Dorney Park, this is a big ride. I mean, they've got two other B&Ms. They've got Hydra, the Revenge, and they have Talon. And, of course, they've got the Hypercoaster, Steel Force. And um, they've got Possessed, which, you know, those are four major rides. But I think this is going to definitely be, like, a top three for them. 
Um, length is 661 meters, pretty decent for a dive coaster. It's going to be 48.8 meters tall, so about 150 feet. Uh, drop is 46.3 meters. Uh, top speed is 103 kilometers an hour. It's going to have four inversions. The dive is going to be 95 degrees, which is nice, so beyond vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual layout of the ride is, is kind of chill. I appreciate what I've been doing, especially because of the tilted loop or the inclined loop. Uh, but yeah, the ride starts off with um, uh, just a regular, obviously, lift hill. And then you know, don't make any turns or anything on top, which is interesting, because I feel like most dive coasters, you have some sort of turn. Um, but you just go straight into your three-second holding drop, followed by uh, your drop, your Ailman inversion, followed by a giant zero-g roll, which they like to call a barrel roll, but it's definitely more of a zero-g roll. And then you've got your inclined loop, which is cool. And followed by a giant course crew, much like the one at SeaWorld San Diego on Emperor. And then a swift turn into the break run. It's like a very long break run, so it must have a lot of speed left when it comes in there. If there's anything like the other new ones, I mean, the new B&M dive machines are awesome. Like, I don't care that they have faster strains, because they're just feisty little loopers these days. I love them. Yeah, if this ride is anything like Emperor, I'm going to be really, really pleased. And I think it's going to be a great fit for Dorney. I mean, Dorney really needed... Something, anything. It's a pity that Stinger didn't work out for them because I thought Stinger was a really cool fit for this park. But now they're finally getting um, like a major roller coaster replacement that's something different than their competitors. Like uh, Great Adventure and Hershey Park do not have a ride that is similar to this, so I'm glad that Dorney Park got to got to do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm really curious about the Tilted Loop. I hope that it feels the way that, like, the ones on the stand-up coasters feel. Or I think mostly, because I think my favorite one is the one on... Rougarou. I hope it feels like like Rougarou. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm asking a lot, but I think the layout is perfect. I think it's... I I like that it it may not... It's not the longest ride in the world, but every element that it has has a purpose. Well, I think one thing I appreciate about this ride is that it's very clearly one of their, like, once-a-decade big moves. And so when you look at the queue in the station building, they're going all out. They're incorporating the existing train ride around the park. It's going to go through that same building. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, the queue, even though it has a typical Cedar Fair switchbacks, it has custom kind of theming. It's not just going to do the boat sail thing. It's really it's going to have these custom roofs and stuff. Um, overall, I'm just really excited. I think it's yeah. a great fit for them. Um, I love the new dive machines. And this looks like it's going to be no exception. I'm probably going to want to ride this over and over and over again. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. (laughs) Obviously, if we look at the grand scheme of the U.S. parks, there's like the obvious big boys for next year. But this, I mean, the area around, you know, Great Adventure, the Tri-State area there, it's going to do good. It's It's going to do good. It's popping next year. Yeah. I'm looking forward to our Northeast trip that we're going to take next year for the Flash, Iron Menace, and... Wildcats Revenge. I know. I need the flash to open before I decide to leave the New York area. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. All right. Next up, we are staying in the Northeast, and we're going to Midnight Flyer at Sanders Village, which, um, nothing grand, but I want to shout this right out because it is going to be at Sanders Village, which doesn't really have any major big It's New Hampshire. And now it's going to get a really nice custom layout, which I guess actually technically a production model that we've never seen before. Yeah. Vacoma Family Coaster, themed to, obviously, reindeers. Um, Midnight Flyer has cute theming. has a cute... The layout, I think, looks Terrain cool. look. It looks nice. Even though it's a production model layout, we've never seen it. It's never been built before. So it's for 
it will be a de facto custom roller coaster or custom feel. It'll be a unique coaster um, in the world, at least until another park buys this layout. And there's so many production model Vacomas now that, like, they're so infrequent that they don't even really feel like production models. Yeah, they feel like custom layouts. Gone are the days of SLCs and boomerangs where when you built a production model coaster, it really felt like it. Now, they've got, like, seven different kinds of family boomerangs and, like, 12 different kinds of family, like, roller skater type coasters and all these different layouts for the loopers and the super boomerang and stuff. So even though this is a production model, I'm treating it like it's a custom, and I think it's going to be so cute. And we will definitely have to ride it um, when we eventually make our way to Canopy Lake. I haven't been there since 2013. I love that park. It was a really cute, cute park. Um, since they chopped the Canopy Corkscrew recently, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, they have another, like they have like a major coaster on the way, which will then be the catalyst for us to go up there. Because uh, I feel like they're overdue for a coaster. And now that, now that they're, their only neighboring park is getting a coaster, maybe maybe they will it'll motivate them to to do another coaster, and then we will be up there for that. And now we're going to take a break from roller coasters and mention the jellyfish experience at SeaWorld San Diego, which is really cool because in Asia, we've done so many aquariums or amusement parks that have a big um, jellyfish experience kind of aquarium setup. And now we're getting one here in the U.S. And first of all, it's nice to see SeaWorld Park open a new animal exhibit. It doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. Um, so that's the, the first and foremost nice thing about it. And secondly, I just think it's going to be a cool fit for SeaWorld San Diego. I think they still have the most animal focus of any of the SeaWorld Parks anyway. I think they have the coolest aquarium collection and exhibit collection. And I think it'll be a really nice addition, especially after they just building coasters back to back to back. I mean, in the last five years, we saw Electric Eel... Emperor, Title Twister, which is now being removed, by the way. It's like physically being chopped Isn't up. Title Twister where the jellyfish thing is going? Well, there is an aquarium next to it. I think that's where they are, um, they're going to just put it inside that aquarium. They should just turn Title Twister into a, a garden. Yeah, something like <laughs> chill around. Uh, or just a flat ride. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then they also build the uh, brand new Arctic Rescues. There's a lot of new roller coasters, and I'm excited to have something non-roller coaster, despite also loving all the other new roller coasters they've got. That's yeah, for sure. Agreed. It's actually it's really the only non roller coaster thing that were that made it onto our list proper because this isn't really a big year for brand new non roller coaster rides. Twenty twenty five for the United States anyway. Twenty twenty five is going to be a big year for non coasters, pretty much exclusively because of Epic Universe. Um, and like we've had some really strong non coaster rides. Um, in the last few years, like from Disney and Universal. Um, but 2024 is going to be a bit of an off year, I think, for major rides that are not coasters. And even like six, even Six Flags, by their standards, is not... Some years they have like spammed their parks with new flat rides and such. But um, I think like the uh, Six Flags Great America is getting uh, a giant discovery, and it's going to replace their old Huss Frisbee. And that's like kind of the biggest flat ride addition. And then um, Adventure Dome is building a SpongeBob dark ride. That's right. And that's going to be like the big dark ride for 2024 in the States. It's going to be an Adventure Dome of all places. No, we cannot forget Bio Adventure being oh, like that's, that's true. Yeah. the big, big 
I think. Yeah. Uh, and they're both twenty twenty four. Yeah, assuming right? that they're assuming that they finish on time, they're supposed to be finished November of twenty twenty four. We will see Tiana's Bayou Adventure um, opening at the Disneyland and Magic Kingdom parks. And we have very high hopes for those. I'm excited for those. Even though they're not from the ground up brand new. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, they're going to be new experiences. They will be brand new attractions that will be filling the vacancies left by the former Splash Mountain attractions. And they will be well welcomed and sorely needed and well loved, I think. Um... So yeah, true. But that's that's pretty much it. Those 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 handful of rides is pretty much the uh, the high profile non coaster announcements. For yeah, the we forgot States. anything obvious, and obviously let us know like in uh, any comment section or messages on social media. But f- the time of recording, um, October thirtieth, that is the ride collection of, yeah. of the non the, or the attraction collection of major theme parks in the U.S. And even though SpongeBob has been announced, that's kind of one of those things where I feel like. It's not there until it's there, because Adventure Dome famously announced uh, a Chance Rides family coaster that never materialized. It wouldn't be the first time that they announced a ride, and then it didn't happen. So, at least with Adventure Dome, it's not there until it's there. Um, and I was just at the Adventure Dome last week, and there was no there was no signage for it. There was no teasing of any kind. You wouldn't think that they were working on a new ride or preparing for a new ride at all by being there, which is always a little suspicious, but then again, the Adventure Dome is kind of a weird place, and it's owned by a creep who, like, probably shouldn't be owning theme parks, so, who knows? Anyway, we digress. Uh, um, (laughs) Next up, we have Palindrome, or... or Palindrome at Codaland, the um, full-circuit shuttle Eurofighter project has been delayed. The whole Codaland project keeps getting pushed back. At least we know, because Palindrome originally was supposed to open this year, but they're not even, like, when they announced it, it was for 2023. But they weren't even close to finishing it for 2023. And for 2024, they were supposed to be opening, like, the new park with the tilt coaster and stuff, which, as far as, like, roller coaster database is concerned, the tilt coaster and all that so stuff is to still happening in 2024, but that has, like, a big asterisk. For, yeah, for the intense um, uh, purposes of this episode, given 2024 is in, like, two months, um, we're not expecting the Tacoma Tilt Coaster Circuit Breaker to actually open next year, and for that reason, we don't really include it in this yeah. episode. We knew we were going to mention it, but we were like, all of these tilt... There's only one tilt coaster that could actually open 2024, and that's the one in Saudi Arabia, because it's already almost finished. Um, but back to, um, Pelindrums, um, I think that's a little more realistic for it to actually open next yes, year. because they're actually, it's actually being built. <laughs> yeah, track pieces are actually physically there. Um, length of 375 meters, height of 29 meters, top speed of 82.1 kilometers an hour, uh, two inversions, but it does it backwards too, so it'll be like four inversions. Overall, it looks pretty good. This seems like, like a really cool. I'm ride. most excited for um, the vertical spike that kind of has like a wobble in it. Yeah, um, must probably be best in front row. But yeah, it looks like a really good ride. Nice integration with the existing infrastructure going over the road. Yeah, um, it looks nice. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. I'm excited it's for it. It's just different. We love different. And I'd say a little bit of Mystic. Um, yes. And Wild Beyond Up, which also has like a vertical lift, and then. You eventually get to a spike because of a track switch, and then you do your way backwards to the station. Yes. Um, it looks good. Of all the existing uh, Gershlauer projects, I think Mystic is the one that Palindrome is the most like. 
Yeah, except for it's a lot more sprawling. It's like Mystic kind of stays in its own plot yeah. better. But um, all things considered, it looks, looks like a good ride for yeah. sure. And um, sticking with the peas, we're going to a penguin track here at SeaWorld Orlando. Penguin! Quite long, actually. 9 or 20.5 meters long, so it's like a kilometer long almost. Top speed of uh, 69.2 kilometers an hour. Reusing the previous penguin... The uh, penguin encounter dark ride from Oceaneering. Yeah, Empire of the Penguin. Or Empire of, and that opened in 2010, I believe. And it was a cute, but um, kind of small, trackless dark ride. But at the time, it was really impressive because Disney hadn't opened any of their trackless dark rides yet. Disney would be many years away from giving us a trackless dark ride. So, at Disney World. At Disney World. Disney World. At Disney World. Um, or even in Disneyland. I mean, this opened even before the Rollicking Roadsters at uh, Cars Land. So uh, the LPS, local positioning system, dark ride setups that you can find at Disney parks and elsewhere. Um, this was still kind of a pioneering moment for SeaWorld and um, their first like true dark ride. Um, so it was cool. It, it ran its course, though, because I feel like it went from being like interesting and cool and technologically advanced to like after 10 years, people were kind of like, you know, what is this? It's kind of just like small potatoes. And then it didn't survive COVID because I've heard all sorts of reasons for why. So the next um, thing about the roller coaster is that it's going to feature a prominent dark ride section, yeah. which is believed to have very similar, if not the same, um, theming as it has right now. Um, the yeah. What was once Going through the ice caves and, and you know, so for when mm-hmm. the train leaves the station, you'll kind of drift downward. It's a bit of a roller coaster section that goes into the dark ride where you will be going into the caves and there'll be all sorts of really beautiful, kind of more like an aesthetic, I think. And then eventually um, the... Art concepts for it call for like snow, like a snowy icy tunnel, and then you launch out of that eventually. Uh, but it looks really cool, and it looks like there may be some projection mapping on the giant screen that's going to be integrated of penguins. So it looks like they're going to retell a similar story of like penguin migration and and whatnot um, in Antarctica, but then on a roller coaster, which will be nice. Then you launch out of the tunnel, and then there's going to be quite significant outdoor section that goes all over what's the Antarctica area is including right over where pacific point is which is where the sea lion uh, exhibit is all over and around manta and then um, you finally make your way back into the backside of the building and i'm not entirely sure if the new exit station is going to be inside the penguin exhibit like the old dark ride but it's very possible that's what i've heard that would be very nice if you actually exit inside of the the penguin penguin exhibit yeah um the empire Empire Penguin. penguin I, I like the name too. Penguin I think track. it's so neat that like they're taking what was once a small dark ride and making it. They're reusing the entire dark ride portion and building a whole roller coaster out the back of it. So it's like a huge uh, upcycle, I guess. Oh, for sure. And then the trains are unique, one of a kind B and M trains that are going to be individual articulating vehicles, um, two people side by side. I'm not sure what the legroom is going to be like. And from the concept, <laughs> it look great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we're going to find out. But all things considered, it's another one of those snowmobile kind of themed coasters that SeaWorld loves going for. But I think it looks really, really good. Yeah. And I'm a little bit surprised that it's a B&M product, especially after they've just built a three um, straddle coasters from Intamin, which have all been water jet ski or snowmobile themed. Anyway, um, maybe it's just because it's the, the Florida parks. Their attendance is just so much higher. Uh, maybe it's a quality, comfort, 
quality thing. Um, we'll see. But all things considered, I'm actually really excited for it. I think it's going to be a really nice fit for the park, for sure. However, there's still plenty of B&M action. I think there will always be room for Intamin and B&M projects happening concurrently at the SeaWorld and Bush Parks because even though like for this year we saw two new Intamin straddle coasters for the SeaWorld parks and also we saw like Pantheon um was that 2021 or 2022 did it actually Pantheon was one that was one okay um we're also getting the B&Ms are alive and well with like Emperor at SeaWorld San Diego and now Penguin, the new Penguin Coaster, Penguin Trek, and then right just down the road at Busch Gardens Tampa, we're getting Phoenix Rising, um, the first B&M family invert outside of China, um, and it's going to have a... I said corrected, Phantom was 2022. Okay, it was 2022. It was one of those things where, like, they were teasing us that it well, was going to open we, in 2021. Well, because we said the ride vehicle in 2019. I know. So, like, so <laughs> yeah, so... But it, yeah, basically, it's like the the relationships with both of these Swiss juggernauts are alive and well in the SeaWorld and Busch Gardens realm because we're seeing like multiple major attractions from these companies happening concurrently um, with each other. Phoenix Rising is a huge surprise and I think going to be such a cool addition to Busch Gardens Tampa. And unlike the family B&M inverts at the Happy Valley Parks in China, which are based on the the Coma family invert Kvastin layout, or like Freedom Flyer at um, Fun Spot here in Orlando. This will be this will be a totally unique layout that will be designed exclusively for Busch Gardens Tampa. It will be occupying the plot of the Phoenix Intamin Looping ship ride, hence the name Phoenix Rising. It's quite a big plot because after staking that Sand Serpent, they've got so much space yeah. to work with, and it's supposed to kind of go around the area a little bit. Um, Supposedly, it's going to hover over the safari area, like the Serengeti. Like, it's going to go over the train tracks a little bit, which I think will be cool, if true. Um, and it has, like, a little overbank swoosh moment that will serve as the ride's marquee. I think it's only going to have one train. I think I saw in the blueprint that there's no transfer track or anything. And that would be true of the other B&M family coasters as well. But um, if it has a long enough train... It has to have a pretty long train. It's going to hold, like, 20 passengers per dispatch, maybe 22. Yeah, 20 passengers, 20. Um, and, I mean, it's going to have a fast lift hill and not a particularly long layout. I like the aesthetic so much of it. It's going to go so well with Pantopia, which is yes. kind of the more playful aesthetic that they have in the park. Colorful. Yeah, it looks really, really nice from the concept art already. It looks like it's cute landscaping. It's going to be a nice addition to the rotunda with the theater Having the giant indoor food hall and then having Scorpion, Falcon's Fury, and a Phoenix Rising. It's going to be, I think, a really nice carousel. little collection of rides there. It's going to be yeah. awesome. I'm really, really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, like I said, lengthwise isn't too long because it's only 558 meters long. And it's t- the top speed is pretty good, 71 kilometers an hour. So, uh, that yeah, it's looking, looking really great. Also, I don't all think it's going to even... Floor, uh, sure, is Florida it even going to have a brake run? Or is it going to be like... I think it, well, for the, the concept, it looks like there's a brake run, yeah. So that makes me think there may actually be two trains. Because there's a really long stretch of straight track at the end, which I think is the brake run. That would be... I mean, if they can get it... If they have room for a transfer and two trains, that would be awesome. Because I think this park of all the parts... There was a blueprint that didn't seem to show a transfer. But then maybe that's, you know... There's probably more to the story than that, hopefully. I guess we'll see. I think it would be it would work out well either way. 
Um, especially like the cool thing about not like some of the family coasters, the Vacoma family inverts is like, they don't even have brake runs. Like the station is the brake run, which allows for very compact rides being built in spaces that wouldn't necessarily normally be able to accommodate a ride of that stature because they don't even have to build a brake run for it if they're only running one train. And so next up, we have the... Uh, More family goodness. The Snoopy's Soapbox Racers, Vacoma Family Boomerang, and Kings Island. And this is actually a, a pre-existing layout. And this is like number 20 being built of it. It's a 208-meter rebound layout. But it's going to be nicely themed to, obviously, Camp Snoopy, which is really great because Camp Snoopy is the best of the iterations of any Snoopy-themed area. And I'm looking forward to all of the work they're doing and all the rides around um, to make everything look cuter. And then having a new family roller coaster is going to be cool. It's already one of the largest family-themed family areas in the whole world. And now having this new coaster is going to be a very nice addition. I love the train and how, like, it's a different soapbox. for everyone. Yeah, for, every for sure. And I really like the um, theme as well. So you kind of go through... But it's kind of like a cabin, it's a station, and then you blow over the, the roof of the cabin, which is where Snoopy is hanging out um, on the terrace. So it's kind of a, a cute theme they've got going on for it. Um, nice landscaping and rock work and the concepts for it. Right itself, again, like I said, it is a production model. But all things considered, it looks like one of the better themed ones, actually. Yeah. Nice. Nice we don't see. have... this. It's funny that Holiday World and Kings, Deme- or Kings Island are both getting... Because so family boomerangs because there's never been one of these in the states yet and now there's two in the same region but they're both they have very different layouts and I think one of my favorite things about this Camp Snoopy coaster is that it's not replacing a ride um, they're wedging it in between the family invert and the existing amphitheater and the log flume in a slot that was previously occupied by just like a food stand. Yeah, was it? During the Nickelodeon years, it yeah. was um, a Krusty Krab. Oh, nice. Actually, like a little miniature. It was just a counter service, like a walk-up kiosk, but it was themed to the Krusty Krab. And um, so, yeah, no, they're, they're getting a whole roller coaster out of a plot that used to just have a food stand. So that's something that I think deserves some praise. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times, new rides come from plots of land that have been retired. And like some, like in the case of like Bush Gardens... Tampa, like, technically we're losing three rides because the little um, kitty airplane ride is also going. Um, we're losing three rides to get one new major ride, and it's definitely a fair trade, considering, like, the looping starship thing was, like, dormant for a long time, but it's really refreshing when a park actually gets a net increase in attractions when they build something. Um, especially a park like Kings Island, where there's lots of areas that need redevelopment. We're still obviously waiting with bated breath for a Vortex replacement, and then there's other rides at Kings Island that are probably um, on borrowed time. So the fact that they built a ride somewhere that didn't already have a ride at a park like Kings Island, I think, is really amazing. And then uh, before we go to our final ride, we are going to talk about the unnamed new roller coaster oh, yes. at Six Flags Over Georgia, which is the first ever Intamin Ultra Surf, which is practically like a Max Super Splash uh, or Power Splash. Power Splash? Yeah, it's power like splash. a hybrid between a Mac Power Splash and an Intamin Halfpipe. Yeah, so it has spinning ride vehicles on the surfboards, but it also has a major splashdown. So um, it'll be cool. I'm a little curious about it. Um, as for now, they haven't actually picked a name yet. There was a little like survey they were doing. You could submit a name, and they're 
a lot of people to vote on some of their names. I don't think any of them are that good. But um, I digress. Um, I'm excited for the fact that it's the first of a kind. It looks cool. It's about uh, 179 meters long. It's 44 meters tall and about 97 kilometers an hour. So it's, it's, it's a pretty big ride. It's going to go right next to the Long Island Mine Train by the hill up on your way to the Superman Ultimate Flight and Battle for Metropolis rides. Looks good. I'm excited about this ride for several reasons. One, Six Flags Over Georgia has really needed a new coaster. And I, I've, I know I've already been talking about this a lot, but it's nice to see like a net increase. Technically not a net increase in rides because this ride is replacing uh, Splashwater Falls which um, Six Flags has cleaned house on a lot of those older, like, 1980s-era shoot-the-shoot rides. Um, what I love about this ride is that it is a launch coaster, which is something that Six Flags Over Georgia has not had since their Schwarzkopf shuttle loop that operated between 1995 and 2001. And I think it's cool that it's a prototype. I think it's cool that Six Flags Over Georgia is getting something that is completely unique, um, but also it's just like a really nice hybrid of ride components that are successful and likable and enjoyable, um, mixing the, the half pipe concept with the, uh, Mac power splash. I like that the seats spin and that your experience will be different a little bit on each ride. Um, and I like that it's not going to be DC comics themed, which actually I'm a little surprised by because of its proximity to the DC super friends area, like right there in what used to be the old Spain area that's got like the Joker, Madhouse, Kitty Coaster, and like the Bat Copters, and the little Superman family drop tower and whatnot. Um, But yeah, so for whatever reason, whatever restraint or whatever that they're practicing, I'm impressed by because it's going to have a completely unique theme. I forget what names are being suggested. The Georgia, Georgia Surfer, Aquaphobia... And then there was one more. I can't remember. Um, but in any case, it's going to be a very uh, uniquely Georgia, Six Flags Over Georgia experience, I think. And um, it's nice that they're getting another water ride. It's nice that the, the, the Splashwater Falls is being replaced with another water ride and not, like, a dry ride. Because uh, at Six Flags Over Georgia, like, you can never have too many water rides. They've got their attached water park. They've got their log flume and their rapids ride. And... Splashwater Falls was always a popular ride, I think, when it was open, so I'm glad that they're replacing it with something that will check the water ride box as well. And now for our last, Finally. but not least, Top Thrill 2, coming to Cedar Point. Um, obviously, this is the modification of the existing Top Thrill Dragster roller coaster by adding a giant back spike to it. And... The whole project is as well, because the Zambrilla is building the back spike, and the whole redesign of it is all done by like a whole different company, and then you've got Martin and Flemix reinstalling all of it, so it's just a lot going on. Um, all things considered, though, really excited. Um, we'll have to see how those trains ride, because I have no experience with those trains, so we're going to get new Zambrilla trains, but I think the overall look of having that 400-foot spike on the back end of the coaster and having the actual tower with the, it already looks the top very hat, dramatic. it looks crazy. The pictures that people post from like the Halloween events at Cedar Point 
of the current construction. Like, it looks fantastic. It's a very exciting, dramatic shift. There has not been one um, addition to this park that has had this much of an effect, I think, on the skyline since the original opening of Top Thrill Dragster 20 years ago. So, it's, it's big. The bigness of it is what's exciting to me. They're really going for it. This is going to be... Assuming that it's as good as it looks, it's going to be amazing. The fact that it's going to be a longer ride, and it's going to do so much more than the original ride, while also being mechanically, operationally, a lot less complicated. I love how to market that everyone's going to get a guaranteed rollback. Everybody now. gets a rollback, yeah. It's actually pretty clever. If there's I anybody, hope it really goes up high yeah, enough for the rollback to be meaningful. I hope it goes up meaningful. really high. <laughs> Um, but I can't wait for that back spike. That's I like how to call the only dual tower stratosphere, uh, sorry, stratocoast in the world. I mean, it's not stratocoast yeah. in the world. It's not. It's not incorrect. But yeah, it's just, there's really only one other stratocoaster. Yeah. I think I because even like Superman does not. It's all a stratocoaster. And I like the marketing for it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm looking forward. I to love the visiting. color scheme for it. The paint that it's receiving is really great. Yeah, the black or the dark gray stark supports. All things considered, I'm really excited for this. I mean, again, that that quarter of the country is going to. I have so super high hopes. Too. Like, I'm really, really. This will probably be like the coolest. Even though we're like really partial to the Flash at Great Adventure, this is probably going to be the 2024 project to beat. And I just hope that the capacity is actually better than it has been, because I just don't associate with lines from moving very fast, despite having decent dispatches on it. Yeah, that's the only thing is the capacity for it. The theoretical capacity for it might even actually be lower. Yeah. Because now you have a train occupying the launch bed for a lot longer than the original ride would ever. Yeah, but it um, wouldn't need as much time to get ready for the launch. But yeah, it's, it wouldn't sit it, there as um, long with the lock-in yeah. mechanism. You so know? it may, and and the ride's just going to be open more. Like it's just the theoretical capacity might not. Be, be any better, it may even be worse. That's the fact loading the trains must be easier but with these a, new trains. On a practical level, it's going to have better capacity because it's going to be open. It's probably not going to be a maintenance nightmare. Let's have to work. So that's what matters. <laughs> so what are you most excited for next year? And that was hard. I guess I just said it. Um I think Top Thrill Two Yeah, still? Top Thrill Two and The Flash, I think I feel equal, equally excited for. The Flash I'm excited for because I know it's going to be flawless. Yeah. Top Thrill 2 is a little sketchy. Like, we don't know what to expect, but that is the most, like, but that is one of the most shocking and unexpected announcements and, like, just, like, totally out of left field and shocking and So, I don't know. Odd. I feel like it's hard to pick because everything, there's so many exciting, exciting events. I'm excited for Catapult Falls, but I think Flash number one, Top Thrill number two, and then maybe... Iron Man is number three. I think it's pretty fair. But then I'm also really excited for the B&M projects in Florida, even though they're family projects, particularly Penguin Track. So there's lots of things I'm actually excited for, but I think those are kind of kind of the ones. Um, I think the one downside I'm already foreseeing with Tough Thrill 2 is that it's going to be such a crazy long wait. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be... be like, oh, it's going to be the hype reel. Hysteria. You know? Anything Cedar Point does yeah. is a hype reel. So, but unlike Steel downside. Vengeance, this is going to be a ride that I feel like is really deserving of the ape shit wait times and the mass hysteria. Yeah, but that sounds very, very This cool. ride... No, no offense to Steel Vengeance. This ride is going to be a limit-pushing, totally outside-of-the-box, totally total pipe dream... Uh, 12 year old with no limits kind of 
uh, project that just seems like so pie in the sky, lofty, ridiculous, foolish, but they're doing it. They're, it's actually being built and it's actually happening. So Yeah, that's true. I would have to actually give it to Top Thrill 2 over The Flash, only because The Flash is just... It's a clone of a ride that's already open. Yeah, and so, that's a pretty modest and it's just And it's ride. going that's to... That's Top Thrill 2 is just massive. But yeah. what we know about The Flash is that it's going to be amazing, and we can't actually assume that about Top Thrill 2 yet. There are so many... Yeah, there's so many changes <laughs> coming that that may not be as comfortable or as good as we think. I guess like, we'll have I'm to find out. I'm still judgmental of Zamperla. Like... I know. Zamperla can build great rides and they can build crap. So it's I just think that really going. is the thing that most <laughs> about it. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> and with that, we're ending up this new episode of Coast Kings Radio. We'll get you on a brand new full length episode every Wednesday, Minnesota's every Monday. And we've got some specials coming up as well. Make sure to leave a five star review wherever you're listening and find us on social media. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.